Welcome to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, with your host, Director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. We are talking today about Juneteenth and Father's Day, which happened to fall on tomorrow. Joining us today will be Leonard Rusher, who serves on the Juneteenth Education Committee, Eric Goldenbogen, a soldier currently serving on the southwest border, and my husband, Joseph Adams, who stayed home while he was deployed, but also is the father of six. It's a great show. It's great information. And we're so honored to be able to speak to you right before Father's Day and also right before the first um, time that we've really, truly observed Juneteenth as a federal holiday. It's a show that you don't want to miss that is filled with information. And so uh, you please stick around. We'll be right back on the Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. We are talking about Juneteenth and Father's Day. And again, joining us later today on the show will be Leonard Rusher, who serves on the Juneteenth Education Committee, Eric Goldenbogen, a soldier who's currently serving on the Southwest border. And of course, my husband will be joining us as well to talk about what it means to, you know, he's a veteran to be a father of six to have served while I was gone and just so many other things. It's always fun to have that banter. But before we get into that, I did want to talk about some of the things we have coming up today, uh, coming up tomorrow, actually. And um, with Father's Day and Juneteenth happened to fall on the same day um, this year. You know, Father's Day has been a holiday for 40 years, while Juneteenth has only been federally recognized within the last year. And uh, it's been celebrated, however, in many communities um, throughout the country for over a century and a half. You know, I've known about Juneteenth for several years, and there have been parades and different things have gone on in the Black community. So it's really, it's really empowering to be able to see that this is a federal holiday that is recognized, that should be recognized by all as this day that resulted in the final, the actual um, freedom of, of, of slaves, even though um, laws have been passed prior to that. And so we'll talk a little bit um, about that history as we get into this. But I did want to bring your attention to an event that's coming up in Ypsilanti on June 20th. So on Monday, the the actual day that many uh, federal and state employees will be observing. Um, Just just some information about this, remembering Ypsilanti's African-American Civil War veterans. In 1861, a grateful President Lincoln exclaimed, thank God for Michigan as a regiment composed of brave soldiers from Michigan left for Washington, D.C. This regiment was the first from the Midwest to reach and defend the nation's capital during the Civil War. And then on January 1st, 1863, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed, declaring the freedom of the slaves in rebel territories and permitting African-Americans to join the military. Seven months later, the first Michigan Colored Infantry Regiment was created, and they toured Ypsilanti, Ann Arbor, Jackson, Kalamazoo, Marshall, Cassopolis, and Niles in a successful campaign to recruit additional troops. They fought bravely and valiantly in the battlefield, many of them sacrificing their lives. So Ypsilanti's historic Highland Cemetery 
is the final resting place for at least 30 African-American Civil War veterans. And so there will be an African-American Civil War Veterans Memorial unveiling celebration on June 20th, Monday, that begins at 2 p.m., followed by a strolling reception with finger foods and light refreshments. And this, um, this celebration will be attended by State Representative Ronnie Peterson, Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilcrest, Congresswoman Debbie Dingell, and others as they honor these Civil War veterans. It's going to take place at Highland Cemetery at 943 North River Street in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Ample parking is available. Signs will direct you upon arrival. Um, some walking is required. However, they will have golf carts to show people on the site. There is limited seating provided, but lawn chairs are welcome. The event is free and open to the public, but they do ask that you RSVP to uh, State Representative uh, Ronnie Peterson at 517-373-1771 or Ronnie Peterson at house.mi.gov. So you can find out more information by going to Highland Cemetery website. Um, but uh, I know it's tomorrow, but you can still probably RSVP your attendance so that they know that you'll be coming and probably bring your lawn chair as I'm sure all the seating is taken. Uh, it'll happen rain or shine. So, you know, this is a great opportunity and I think it's timely to happen on Juneteenth as we're talking about African-American Civil War veterans. And I will say, you know, find some time to think about what Juneteenth may mean to you or may mean to your neighbor. And when I say your neighbor, it's not necessarily the person that lives next to you, but the person that you have camaraderie with that is representative of this community. Um, because there are many, there are many struggles and many things um, that occur out in the community that um, many people still don't feel free to be who they are or to do um, what's what's available to them as far as rights. But uh, Juneteenth is a day to celebrate. It's a day to raise awareness. It's it's like an Independence Day, if you will, for slaves and and, and blacks back in the day. But for us to remember, because I truly believe when we don't remember history, we're doomed to repeat it. And so we need to remember what happened. That doesn't mean we dwell on it and we remain angry about it or we are vengeful about it, but that we remember so that we don't repeat history. And so I encourage you all to, 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 to go to the websites and look up the history of Juneteenth, learn more about it, learn more about um, um, how you can impact and make an impact in this community. And, and for those fathers out there, shifting gears a little bit, I just wanna say happy Father's Day again. Thank you for showing up and being a part of your, your children's lives because that's so, so, so important. You know, we'll be um, talking a lot about um, fathers and maybe bringing up some tough, uh, tough conversations and things that maybe trigger some memories about your time away from your children. And so I encourage you that if you're struggling or just want to talk to somebody, you reach out to the Veterans Crisis Line at 1-800-273-8255, press 1. And if you're in need of resources for you and or your dependents, you can always give us a call at 1-800-MISHVET. That's 1-800-642-4838. We will be right back on the Veterans Perspective with our first guest.
On June 19, 1865, about two months after the Confederate General Robert E. Lee surrendered at in Virginia, Gordon Granger, a Union general, arrived in Galveston, Texas, to inform enslaved African Americans of their freedom and, their, and that the Civil War had ended. General Granger's announcement put into effect the Emancipation Proclamation, which had been issued more than two and a half years earlier on January 1st, 1863, by President Abraham Lincoln. The holiday is also called Juneteenth Independence Day, Freedom Day, or Emancipation Day. Early celebrations involved prayer and family gatherings and later included annual pilgrimages to Galveston to, by former enslaved people and their families, according to Juneteenth.com. You know, joining us today to talk about some of the things that um, is happening in Detroit and in Michigan, really, around Juneteenth is retired Lieutenant Colonel Leonard Rush Rusher who was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. And at the age of 18, he enlisted in the army, not knowing he would serve for 33 years. On the enlisted side, he held the rank of staff sergeant before accepting his commission as a second lieutenant in the field artillery. He's an entrepreneur and assists in running the family business, Rush Capital. He is CEO of Rush Investment Unlimited. And in this capacity, he serves as a scholarship consultant. He also serves on the Juneteenth Education Committee as a scholarship advisor, and just fitting for this weekend as well, he's also a father. Welcome to the show, Leonard, and happy Father's Day. Thank you, Director Adams. Really appreciate it. <clears throat> Thank you. So, you know, we're, we're talking about Juneteenth. We're talking about Father's Day. I mean, there's just a lot in, 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 ingrained in that, but, you know, as we talk about Juneteenth and, you know, this historic time for freedom, true freedom of, of slaves in Texas that kind of has reverberated around the country. Can you tell us a little bit about the Juneteenth Education Committee and what you all do there? Uh, well, the Juneteenth Education Committee located here in Lansing uh, is a series of uh, educators and uh, community activists. And what it is that we have been trying to do and we've been doing it for, I wanna say about a good 15 years is to provide a local scholarship and also bring awareness to the community uh, about Juneteenth. So long before Juneteenth became a holiday or became very popular, uh, the beginning organizers wanted to make everyone know about what Juneteenth was. And from there, uh, we said, well, let's give out a scholarship. So from there, the, uh, the scholarship was basically designed on what does Juneteenth mean to you? And, it, and so we received different type of essays from the history of it, um, the meaning of it, uh, what does it mean for you now as have things have changed from 1865 to uh, 2022. And so now the Juneteenth uh, Scholarship Committee has now partnered with uh, Olivet. And so uh, one of the things we do is provide a, uh, a huge stipend if they want to attend Olivet College uh, because Olivet is definitely uh, trying to get into the motion of recruiting minorities. And so this is one of the uh, avenues that they're trying to do, which I think is uh, a good, good uh, process. So that's pretty much what we're doing. Uh, our scholarship ranges from the sixth grade all the way to the 12th grade. So from sixth grade to 11th grade, is definitely uh, maybe a certificate, uh, 10th, 11th, 
uh, monetary wars and 12th grade is monetary war and uh, different types of monetary scholarships and um, a big reduction at Olivet and Lansing uh, Community College. Well, that's, that's great information. It's great what you all are doing as far as scholarships. And we'll talk a little bit about like what those scholarships look like, you know, some, maybe some of the amounts and, uh, you know, how many you've awarded. But, you know, I, I find it interesting that, you know, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed in 1863, but then it took two years, you know, more than two years, two and a half years, really, for some folks to, to actually recognize freedom from slavery. And so it just makes me, it, 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 it causes me to think about, you know, we talk about like the Civil Rights Act and we talk about some of these other things that had massive implications nationwide and how it, we're not that, it didn't happen that long ago, you know, the mm -hmm. civil rights uh, passage. And so just thinking how long this took to, to, to come to passage, and I'm sure that freedom didn't still mean like you can just go do anything for those slaves. You know, what, what are your thoughts on how we continue to move forward to make sure we're recognizing that just because something's passed like Juneteenth or any of these things, it doesn't mean that the effects are immediate. Like how do we, how do we educate people or how do we go about making sure people understand? Uh, I believe the best way is never forget and always reiterate. Um, people will always say, you always say, get over it, you know, get over slavery. You can't get over it or you shouldn't get over it because if you forget about it, then things tend to re will turn back to the things way were, the way they were. It's the same thing with 9-11, even though it happened almost 22 years ago, we can never forget that our shores were invaded. So these type of things, we always must reiterate and keep it within our community, keep it within our family. And by doing that, we will always uphold that tradition and we will, will not fall back into those perilous times that have happened before. You know, we probably will never fall back into slavery, but we could fall back into another Jim Crow era, or like I said, 9-11, if we don't stay vigilant, you know, those type of things will happen again. So that's how we can maintain what we're doing. Always remember, always keeping those traditions and keeping those type of things alive. Well, and I think one way we continue to remember Juneteenth and that it took all of this time to get to this place. And so some things are not immediate is through the things that you're doing with this education um, committee. Yes. yes. And so, you know, how many awards have you, how many scholarships have you awarded to date? And, you know, what, are, what are those, what does that look like? Is it a thousand dollars, 500? Like what are some of these scholarships? Oh, well, we've been doing this uh, for, for the past 15, 15 years. So uh, off just when I came on board, I want to say probably, I'm going to give an estimate number. I would say probably about seven or $8,000 because before it, it was hard coming up with the money, but now that uh, we're a moving entity, now we have sponsors uh, providing us funding. So uh, a couple of years ago, we we're only giving out $100 to the number one winner. Now we're giving out $500 to the number one winner. And we having a series of winners. Uh, before we were begging for kids to apply for the scholarship. This year we had over, I wanna say close to 25 applications 
come in, giving us the opportunity to review. So we know that we're laying a foundation uh, on what Juneteenth uh, is doing for, for our community. So where can people find out more information about um, how to apply? I know the application period is closed for this year, but how to apply, how to donate, how to support, how to be a part of it. Where can they find out more information, Leonard? Uh, the LansingJuneteenthCelebration.org. LansingJuneteenthCelebration.org. Yes, all one word. And you will see the entire website on our history, uh, the scholarships, and the upcoming programs that uh, we're getting ready to uh, perform uh, and perform th this weekend at St. Joseph Park. Um, so tomorrow. Which is tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have an event there. All right. Well, um, you know, thank you so much for joining us today, Leonard. And, you know, if you want to find out more information about some of the resources in your area, um, you can give us a call at 1-800-MISHVET. That's 1-800-642-4838. Um, we thank you for joining us today and thank you for your service. And again, happy Father's Day. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. All right. Thank you. We'll be right back on The Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to The Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. Now, your host, director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome back to The Veterans Perspective. Joining me is our next guest, Eric Goldenbogen. He enlisted in the Michigan National Guard in 2006 as an infantryman and deployed with the 120th Infantry Battalion Ramadi, Iraq in 2008. He separated briefly from 2011 only to re-enlist in 2013 as a mechanic. He is currently serving with the 1775th Military Police Co Company on the Southwest border. He's married to Michaela and together they have three children. Thank you so much for joining us today, Eric. Well, thank you for having me. And I, I, I hear you're currently on leave right now. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, well-needed leave. Yeah, and that's, I mean, you know, just talking about, you know, we're talking about Father's Day tomorrow and um, just thinking about the fact that you've been away from your children. How long were you away before you came home on leave? It's about eight and a half months at this point. Eight and a half months. And how old are your kids? Uh, my oldest is eight. My middle is six and my youngest just turned four on the 10th. Oh, wow. Well, you know, you have, you definitely have a house full and I'm sure you and your wife have your hands full. Mm -hmm. um, can you, can you talk about, I mean, you're, it's Father's Day um, tomorrow and um, we know that mothers and fathers go and are deployed and are away from some time, but you know, no one, I don't, I don't know if we really talk about the struggles and how that, how that, uh, shows itself can you can you talk about the difficulty in being away from your family and your children during, oh, during it, just it, any deployment I mean it, it's been a, a monster of a difference like when I first deployed obviously I was single I didn't have any kids now I have kids and I mean every day I wake up with a phone call sometimes it's a good one it's good morning dad hi how are you and I'm like oh great and then sometimes I'm staring at a kid and I'm looking at him going well, what did you just do did your mom called me for this so, I mean, it's it's been a wild difference and it's been a, an experience nonetheless for me and the kids because the kids have been used for me going away for AT for two weeks and now dad's been gone for months and they haven't seen me in so long. Well, you know, one of the blessings um, that we have now that, you know, we didn't really have 
uh, when I was gone, I was gone for 11 months and 23 days, <laughs> um, was, uh, is, is video. So that's one of the things I think is probably, I mean, are you able to utilize like FaceTime and those things uh, more frequently? I mean, you know, I'm not oh, sure yeah. what your job is right now, but. Oh yeah. I mean, right now, like thankfully this deployment uh, that I'm on, I have that ability and my, my phone is readily available to me so I can see my kids and it's easy for them to talk to me. I mean, my youngest has taken it the hardest and being home on leave, he's like lightened up. He's doing all these things. My wife's like, he's really missed you, but like he, at least he gets to see me. I mean, there's a few times I felt like I had my phone on and watched him fall asleep because he wanted daddy there to fall asleep. So, I mean, it's been a blessing and it, sometimes it feels like a curse to the guy being deployed because yeah. I can't answer the phone right away. And I get kids that are mad and I'm like, you can't understand dad can't answer that phone really quick. You know, how do you, what, what, what things do you find that help you cope with being away? And I, and I, I use that as an example because I know, um, when I came home, I came home on leave during the time I was gone and it was kind of, you know, I stepped back in the home and, you know, I'm still mom. So it's like, I have to, you know, if the rooms aren't clean or that this is not, you know, happening, I'm, I'm trying to say, Hey, get these things together. And they're not trying to hear it because <laughs> I haven't been gone a while. How do you cope with, you know, being away, but then coming back home and, and trying to just get back into business as usual? I, the biggest thing I do, and I thank my wife for this, she was very like, when I come home, she kind of already understood something was going to change. I stepped back and honestly, like, I was still playing dad from 2000 miles away. But when I came home, like I stepped back and I watched what my wife was doing. I watched how the kids interacted and what, what was going on in the house to figure out where I belonged in the house again. And like how I needed to step back in to make, be dad again. And everything so it's kind of one of those things where I'm on leave and I'm going to do it all and then I have to leave and I'm going to do it again when I get back mm -hmm. yeah that's that's a good point that you raise Eric is that you know trying to find where you belong and I think that I, I you know I know that so many um, soldiers airmen you know maybe course, you know all of these individuals that come back they sometimes don't don't figure that out they don't figure out where they belong and the household and that can have some strife. And so the fact that you've figured that out, or at least you've, you've, you, you had the awareness to step back and say, you know what, I'm going to look and see what's going on with my wife and how she's engaging and then, then find my place. That's, that's huge. And I think that that's a great takeaway for those listening that you have to find that time to step back. And I think that that's good for spouses to hear as well, that it's okay for their, their uh, service members to step back and, and assess to find out where they belong. You know, what are some cool things that you do while you're away to kind of keep your kids engaged or remind them that, hey, not only, I mean, because they know your dad, but that you're, you're still, you're still there with them. What, what kind of things do you do? Uh, I mean, besides video calling, like um, we've, uh, we've tried to set up like special calls where they don't understand dad's going to be there right away um, or I'm going to be there. Uh, I've, I've definitely had um, my my daughter had her birthday while I was gone and I missed that one sadly but uh it was it's just one of those things where mom mom reinforces dad's still around dad's still a phone call away and dad's still going to be there if I need to talk to somebody but I mean we don't I can't say we really do anything much more than what we can with the time mm -hmm. we're allotted uh we've I've actually had them come down to Arizona during Christmas and we got to spend time down there. <laughs> 
And let me say, that was just like, my kids are like, it's too hot down here, dad. <laughs> and I'm like, cause we're from Michigan and we're down in Arizona. They're like, it's too hot. I'm like, dad agrees. And my wife's like, no, it's fine. I'm like, no, it's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> no snow, right? For Christmas, but let them know we didn't really have snow for Christmas either. So yeah, right. I don't have to feel bad. Um, so, you know, uh, finally, you know, while you're home, do you have any fun things planned? Um, right. Oh, uh, we actually just are gone to Michigan Adventure back here on let's see, it was the 8th um so or sorry <laughs> 15th my bad my days are all mixed up still being <laughs> home oh uh, we just went to Michigan Adventure and uh, spent some time together um it was a big thing it's a big hurrah uh just for the kids because it, it was there's stuff for them and there's stuff for dad and all uh, all of our uh, aunts and uncles who are uh, been my wife's friends who have been helping out while we've been gone so mm -hmm. it was kind of our big hurrah other than that, uh, on the 10th, I came home, surprised my son. He was a static little boy in the airport, and my wife has a video of it on her Facebook. And it's the cutest little thing because he didn't recognize me at first. And Ooh. then we had his birthday on the 11th. So uh, other than that, I'm wrapping it up and getting ready to go back. Okay. Well, you know, I want to thank you for your service and your sacrifice. I mean, for those who may not, I mean, many of our listeners will understand, but, you know, many people don't realize the sacrifice that that not just that we make to sign up and say we're willing to give our lives for our country, but we truly, it's not just our lives, it's our livelihood and our relationships with our families and our children. I mean, the, these are times that we can't get back. However, I love how you are making sure you're, you're not missing a beat. And so I commend you and hopefully you're sharing these kind of tips with some of your um, comrades out there who are serving with you because these are, it's, it's great what you're doing. So keep up the great work and thanks for all you're doing um, for our our country and for uh, Michigan as well. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It's been a delight. And yeah, my, I've actually talked to a few guys about how to deal with this stuff. And like, it's been bouncing ideas back and forth and uh, conversations that the families don't hear. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's important. Continue to stay connected. And, you know, for anyone out there that's listening, and maybe maybe you didn't figure out where you belonged when you came back. You can always give us a call at 1-800-MISHFIT. That's 1-800-642-4838. We can get you connected to a buddy-to-buddy -buddy, uh, individual, or you know, we can even get you connected to the Veterans Crisis Line, or you can call yourself at 1-800-273-8255-PRESS-1. So uh, we want to thank Eric Goldenbogen for his time and for his service and for his sacrifice. And we thank your family as well. And just know that if your family needs anything, they can always give us a call. So thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome. All right, when we return, we'll be right back on the Veterans Perspective. We'll be speaking with Joseph Adams. See you after the break. Welcome to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency with your host, director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. We are talking today about Juneteenth and Father's Day, which happened to fall on tomorrow. Joining us today will be Leonard Rusher, who serves on the Juneteenth Education Committee. Eric Goldenbogen, a soldier currently serving on the Southwest border. And my husband, Joseph Adams, who stayed home while he was deployed, but also is the father of six. It's a great show. It's great information. And we're so honored to be able to 
speak to you right before Father's Day and also right before the first um, time that we've really truly observed Juneteenth as a federal holiday. It's a show that you don't want to miss that is filled with information. And so uh, you please stick around. We'll be right back on the Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. We are talking about Juneteenth and Father's Day. And again, joining us later today on the show will be Leonard Rusher, who serves on the Juneteenth Education Committee, Eric Golden-Bogan, a soldier who's currently serving on the Southwest border. And of course, my husband will be joining us as well to talk about what it means to, you know, he's a veteran to be a father of six to have served while I was gone and just so many other things. It's always fun to have that banter. But before we get into that, I did want to talk about some of the things we have coming up today, uh, coming up tomorrow, actually. And um, with Father's Day and Juneteenth happened to fall on the same day um, this year. You know, Father's Day has been a holiday for 40 years, while Juneteenth has only been federally recognized within the last year. And uh, it's been celebrated, however, in many communities um, throughout the country for over a century and a half. You know, I've known about Juneteenth for several years, and there have been parades and different things that have gone on in the Black community. So it's really, it's really empowering to be able to see that this is a federal holiday that is recognized, that should be recognized by all as this day that resulted in the final, the actual um, freedom of, of, of slaves, even though um, laws have been passed prior to that. And so we'll talk a little bit um, about that history as we get into this, but I did wanna bring your attention to an event that's coming up in Ypsilanti on June 20th. So on Monday, the, the actual day that many uh, federal and state employees will be observing. Um, just, just some information about this remembering Ypsilanti's African-American Civil War veterans. In 1861, a grateful President Lincoln exclaimed, thank God for Michigan. As a regiment composed of brave soldiers from Michigan left for Washington, D.C., this regiment was the first from the Midwest to reach and defend the nation's capital during the Civil War. And then on January 1st, 1863, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed, declaring the freedom of the slaves in rebel territories and permitting African-Americans to join the military. Seven months later, the first Michigan Colored Infantry Regiment was created, and they toured Ypsilanti, Ann Arbor, Jackson, Kalamazoo, Marshall, Cassopolis, and Niles in a successful campaign to recruit additional troops. They fought bravely and valiantly in the battlefield, many of them sacrificing their lives. So Ypsilanti's historic Highland Cemetery is the final resting place for at least 30 African-American Civil War veterans. And so there will be an African-American Civil War Veterans Memorial unveiling celebration on June 20th, Monday, that begins at 2 p.m., followed by a strolling reception with finger foods and light refreshments. And this, um, this celebration will be attended by State Representative Ronnie Peterson, Lieutenant Governor Garland Gil Gilcrest, Congresswoman Debbie Dingell, and others as they honor these Civil War veterans. 
It's going to take place at Highland Cemetery at 943 North River Street in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Ample parking is available. Signs will direct you upon arrival. Um, some walking is required. However, they will have golf carts to show people on the site. There is limited seating provided, but lawn chairs are welcome. The event is free and open to the public, but they do ask that you RSVP to uh, State Representative uh, Ronnie Peterson at 517-373-1771 or Ronnie Peterson at house.mi.gov. So you can find out more information by going to Highland Cemetery website. Um, but uh, I know it's tomorrow, but you can still probably RSVP your attendance so that they know that you'll be coming and probably bring your lawn chair as I'm sure all the seating is taken. Uh, it'll happen rain or shine. So, you know, this is a great opportunity and I think it's timely to happen on Juneteenth as we're talking about African-American Civil War veterans. And I will say, you know, find some time to think about what Juneteenth may mean to you or may mean to your neighbor. And when I say your neighbor, it's not necessarily the person that lives next to you, but the person that you have camaraderie with that is representative of this community. Um, because there are many, there are many struggles and many things um, that occur out in the community that um, many people still don't feel free to be who they are or to do um, what's, what's available to them as far as rights. But uh, Juneteenth is a day to celebrate. It's a day to raise awareness. It's, it's like an independence day, if you will, for slaves and, and, and Blacks back in the day. But for us to remember, because I truly believe when we don't remember history, we're doomed to repeat it. And so we need to remember what happened. That doesn't mean we dwell on it and we remain angry about it or we are vengeful about it, but that we remember so that we don't repeat history. And so I encourage you all to, 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 to go to the websites and look up the history of Juneteenth, learn more about it, learn more about um, um, how you can impact and make an impact in this community. And, and for those fathers out there, shifting gears a little bit, I just want to say happy Father's Day again. Thank you for showing up and being a part of your, your children's lives because that's so, so, so important. You know, we'll be um, talking a lot about um, fathers and maybe bringing up some tough, uh, tough conversations and things that maybe trigger some memories about your time away from your children. And so I encourage you that if you're struggling or just want to talk to somebody, you reach out to the Veterans Crisis Line at 1-800-273-8255, press 1. And if you're in need, or, in need of resources for you and or your dependents, you can always give us a call at 1-800-MISHVET. That's 1-800-642-4838. We will be right back on the Veterans Perspective with our first guest. On June 19, 1865, about two months after the Confederate General Robert E. Lee surrendered at, in Virginia, Gordon Granger, a Union general, arrived in Galveston, Texas, to inform enslaved African Americans of their freedom and, their, and that the Civil War had ended. 
General Granger's announcement put into effect the Emancipation Proclamation, which had been issued more than two and a half years earlier on January 1st, 1863 by President Abraham Lincoln. The holiday is also called Juneteenth Independence Day, Freedom Day, or Emancipation Day. Early celebrations involved prayer and family gatherings and later included annual pilgrimages to Galveston to by former enslaved people and their families, according to Juneteenth.com. You know, joining us today to talk about some of the things that um, is happening in Detroit and in Michigan, really, around Juneteenth is retired Lieutenant Colonel Leonard Rush Rusher, who was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. And at the age of 18, he enlist, enlisted in the Army, not knowing he would serve for 33 years. On the enlisted side, he held the rank of staff sergeant before accepting his commission as a second lieutenant in the field artillery. He's an entrepreneur and assists in running the family business, Rush Capital. He is CEO of Rush Investment Unlimited, and in this capacity, he serves as a scholarship consultant. He also serves on the Juneteenth Education Committee as a scholarship advisor. And just fitting for this weekend as well, he's also a father. Welcome to the show, Leonard, and happy Father's Day. Thank you, Director Adams. Greatly appreciate it. <clears throat> Thank you. So, you know, we're, we're talking about Juneteenth. We're talking about Father's Day. I mean, there's just a lot in, 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 ingrained in that. But, you know, as we talk about Juneteenth and, you know, this historic time for freedom, true freedom of, of slaves in Texas that kind of has reverberated around the country, can you tell us a little bit about the Juneteenth Education Committee and what you all do there? Uh, well, the Juneteenth Education Committee, located here in Lansing, uh, is a series of uh, educators and uh, community activists. And what it is that we have been trying to do, and we've been doing it for, I want to say, about a good 15 years, is to provide a local scholarship and also bring awareness to the community uh, about Juneteenth. So long before Juneteenth became a holiday or became very popular. Uh, the beginning organizers wanted to make everyone know about what Juneteenth was. And from there, uh, we said, well, let's give out a scholarship. So from there, the, uh, the scholarship was basically designed on what does Juneteenth mean to you? And, it, and so we received different type of essays from the history of it, uh, the meaning of it, uh, what does it mean for you now as have things have changed from 1865 to uh, 2022. And so now the Juneteenth uh, Scholarship Committee has now partnered with uh, Olivet. And so uh, one of the things we do is provide a, uh, a huge stipend if they want to attend Olivet College uh, because Olivet is definitely uh, trying to get into the motion of recruiting minorities. And so this is one of the uh, uh, avenues that they're trying to do, which I think is uh, a good good uh, process. So that's pretty much what we're doing. Uh, our scholarship ranges from the sixth grade all the way to the 12th grade. So from sixth grade to 11th grade is definitely uh, maybe a certificate, uh, 10th, 11th uh, monetary awards and 12th grade is monetary war and uh, different types of monetary scholarships and um, a big reduction at Olivet and Lansing uh, Community College. 
Well, that's, that's great information. It's great what you all are doing as far as scholarships. And we'll talk a little bit about like what those scholarships look like, you know, some, maybe some of the amounts and, uh, you know, how many you've awarded. But, you know, I, I find it interesting that, you know, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed in 1863. But then it took two years, you know, more than two years, two and a half years, really, for some folks to, to actually recognize freedom from slavery. And so it just makes me, it, 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 it causes me to think about, you know, we talk about like the Civil Rights Act, and we talk about some of these other things that had massive implications nationwide, and how it, we're not that, it didn't happen that long ago, you know, the mm -hmm. Civil Rights uh, Passage. And so just thinking how long this took to, to, to come to passage, and I'm sure that freedom didn't still mean like you can just go do anything for those slaves, you know, what, what are your thoughts on how we continue to move forward to make sure we're recognizing that just because something's passed like Juneteenth or any of these things, it doesn't mean that the effects are immediate. Like how do we, how do we educate people or how do we go about making sure people understand? Uh, I believe the best way is never forget and always reiterate. Um, People will always say, you always say, get over it, you know, get over slavery. You can't get over it or you shouldn't get over it because if you forget about it, then things tend to re will turn back to the things way were, the way they were. It's the same thing with 9-11. Even though it happened almost 22 years ago, we can never forget that our shores were invaded. So these type of things, we always must reiterate and keep it within our community, keep it within our family. And by doing that, we will always uphold that tradition and we will, will not fall back into those perilous times that have happened before. You know, we probably will never fall back into slavery, but we could fall back into another Jim Crow era, or like I said, 9-11, we don't stay vigilant, you know, those type of things will happen again. So that's how we can maintain what we're doing. Always remember, always keeping those traditions and keeping those type of things alive. Well, and I think one way we continue to remember Juneteenth and that it took all of this time to get to this place and so some things are not immediate is through the things that you're doing with this education um, committee. Yes, yes. And so, you know, how many awards have you, how many scholarships have you awarded to date? And, you know, what are, what are those, what does that look like? Is it a thousand dollars, 500, like, what are some of these scholars? Oh, well, we've been doing this uh, for, for the past 15, 15 years. So uh, off just when I came on board, I want to say probably, I'm going to give an estimate number, I would say probably about seven or $8,000 because before it, it was hard coming up with the money, but now that uh, we're a moving entity, now we have sponsors uh, providing us funding. So uh, a couple of years ago, we were only giving out $100 to the number one winner. Now we're giving out $500 to the Ooh. number one winner. And we having a series of winners. Uh, before, we were begging for kids to apply for the scholarship. This year, we had over, I want to say close to 25 applications come in, giving us the opportunity to review. So we know that we're laying a foundation uh, on what Juneteenth uh, is doing for, for our community. 
So where can people find out more information about um, how to apply? I know the application period is closed for this year, but how to apply, how to donate, how to support, how to be a part of it. Where can they find out more information, Leonard? Uh, the LansingJuneteenthCelebration.org. LansingJuneteenthCelebration.org. Yes, all one word. And you will see the entire website on our history, uh, the scholarships, and the upcoming programs that uh, we're getting ready to uh, perform uh, and perform th this weekend at St. Joseph Park. Um, so tomorrow. Which is tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have an event there. All right. Well, um, you know, thank you so much for joining us today, Leonard. And, you know, if you want to find out more information about some of the resources in your area, um, you can give us a call at 1-800-MISHVET. That's 1-800-642-4838. Um, we thank you for joining us today and thank you for your service. And again, happy Father's Day. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. All right. Thank you. We'll be right back on The Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. Now, your host, director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. Joining me is our next guest, Eric Goldenbogen. He enlisted in the Michigan National Guard in 2006 as an infantryman and deployed with the 120th Infantry Battalion Ramadi, Iraq in 2008. He separated briefly from 2011, only to re-enlist in 2013 as a mechanic. He is currently serving with the 1775th Military Police Co Company on the southwest border. He's married to Michaela, and together they have three children. Thank you so much for joining us today, Eric. Well, thank you for having me. And I, I, I hear you're currently on leave right now. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, well-needed leave. Yeah, and that's, I mean, you know... Just talking about, you know, we're talking about Father's Day tomorrow and um, just thinking about the fact that you've been away from your children. How long were you away before you came home on leave? It's about eight and a half months at this point. Eight and a half months. And how old are your kids? Uh, my oldest is eight. My middle is six. And my youngest just turned four on the 10th. Oh, wow. Well, you know, you have you definitely have a house full and I'm sure you and your wife have your hands full. Mm -hmm. Um can you, can you talk about, I mean, you're, it's Father's Day um, tomorrow, and um, we know that mothers and fathers go and are deployed and are away from some time, but, you know, no one, I don't, I don't know if we really talk about the struggles and how that, how that uh, shows itself. Can you, can you talk about the difficulty in being away from your family and your children during, oh, during just any deployment? I mean, it, it's been a, a monster of a difference. Like when I first deployed, obviously I was single. I didn't have any kids. Now I have kids. And I mean, every day I wake up with a phone call. Sometimes it's a good one. It's good morning, dad. Hi, how are you? And I'm like, oh, great. And then sometimes I'm staring at a kid and I'm looking at him going, what did you just do? Did, your mom called me for this. So, I mean, it's 
it's been a wild difference and it's been a experience nonetheless for me and the kids because the kids have been used for me going away for AT for two weeks and now dad's been gone for months and they haven't seen me in so long. Well, you know, one of the blessings um, that we have now that, you know, we didn't really have uh, when I was gone, I was gone for 11 months and 23 days <laughs> um, was, uh, is, is video. So that's, one of the things I think is probably, I mean, are you able to utilize like FaceTime and those things uh, more frequently? I mean, you know, I'm not oh, sure yeah. what your job is right now, but. Oh yeah. I mean, right now, like thankfully this deployment uh, that I'm on, I have that ability and my, my phone is readily available to me so I can see my kids and it's easy for them to talk to me. I mean, my youngest has taken it the hardest and being home on leave, he's like lightened up. He's doing all these things. My wife's like, he's really missed you, but like he, at least he gets to see me. I mean, there's a few times I felt like I had my phone on and watched him fall asleep because he wanted daddy there to fall asleep. So, I mean, it's been a blessing and it, sometimes it feels like a curse to the guy being deployed because yeah. I can't answer the phone right away. And I get kids that are mad and I'm like, you can't understand dad can't answer that phone really quick. You know, how do you, what, what, what things do you find that help you cope with being away? And I, and I, I use that as an example because I know, um, when I came home, I came home on leave during the time I was gone. And it was kind of, you know, I stepped back in the home and, you know, I'm still mom. So it's like, I have to, you know, if the rooms aren't clean or that this is not, you know, happening, I'm, I'm trying to say, hey, get these things together. And they're not trying to hear it because <laughs> I haven't been gone a while. How do you cope with, you know, being away, but then coming back home and, and trying to just get back into business as usual? I, the biggest thing I do, and I thank my wife for this, she was very like, when I come home, she kind of already understood something was going to change. I stepped back, and honestly, like, I was still playing dad from 2,000 miles away, but when I came home, like, I stepped back, and I watched what my wife was doing. I watched how the kids interacted and what, what was going on in the house to figure out where I belonged in the house again, and, like, how I needed to step back in to make, be dad again, and everything so it's kind of one of those things where I'm on leave and I'm going to do it all and then I have to leave and I'm going to do it again when I get back mm -hmm. yeah that's that's a good point that you raise Eric is that you know trying to find where you belong and I think that I, I you know I know that so many um, soldiers airmen you know maybe course, you know all of these individuals that come back they sometimes don't don't figure that out they don't figure out where they belong in the household and that can have some strife. And so the fact that you've figured that out, or at least you've, you've, you, you have the awareness to step back and say, you know what, I'm gonna look and see what's going on with my wife and how she's engaging and then, then find my place. That's, that's huge. And I think that that's a great takeaway for those listening that you have to find that time to step back. And I think that that's good for spouses to hear as well, that it's okay for their, their uh, service members to step back and, and assess to find out where they belong. You know, what are some cool things that you do while you're away to kind of keep your kids engaged or remind them that, hey, not only, I mean, because they know your dad, but that you're, you're still, you're still there with them. What, what kind of things do you do? Uh, I mean, besides video calling, like um, we've, uh, we've tried to set up like special calls where they don't understand that it's going to be there right away um, or I'm going to be there. Uh, I've, I've definitely had um, my my daughter had her birthday while I was gone and I missed that one sadly but uh it was it's just one of those things where mom mom reinforces dad's still around dad's still a phone call away and dad's 
still going to be there if I need to talk to somebody. But, I mean, we don't – I can't say we really do anything much more than what we can with the time we're allotted. Uh, we've I've actually had them come down to Arizona during Christmas, and we got to spend time down there. <laughs> and let me say, that was just like my kids are like, it's too hot down here, Dad. Just, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, because we're from Michigan, and we're down in Arizona. And they're like, it's too hot. I'm like, Dad agrees. And my wife's like, no, it's fine. I'm like, no, it's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> No snow, right, for Christmas, but let them know we didn't really have snow for Christmas either, so right. don't have to feel bad. Um, so, you know, uh, finally, you know, while you're home, do you have any fun things planned? Um, right. Uh, we actually just are gone to Michigan Adventure back here on, let's see, it was the 8th, um, so, or sorry, <laughs> 15th. My bad, my days are all mixed up still, <laughs> being home. <laughs> Oh, we just went to Michigan Adventure and uh, spent some time together. Um, it was a big thing. It's a big hurrah, uh, just for the kids because it it was there's stuff for them and there's stuff for dad, and all uh, all of our uh, aunts and uncles who are uh, been my wife's friends who have been helping out while we've been gone. So mm -hmm. it was kind of our big hurrah. Other than that, uh, on the tenth, I came home, surprised my son. He was a static little boy in the airport, and my wife has a video of it on her Facebook, and it's the cutest little thing because he didn't recognize me at first. And then we had his birthday on the 11th. So uh, other than that, I'm wrapping it up and getting ready to go back. Okay. Well, you know, I want to thank you for your service and your sacrifice. I mean, for those who may not, I mean, many of our listeners will understand, but, you know, many people don't realize the sacrifice that, that not just that we make to sign up and say we're willing to give our lives for our country, but we truly it's not just our lives, it's our livelihood and our relationships with our families and our children. I mean, the, these are times that we can't get back. However, I love how you are making sure you're, you're not missing a beat. And so I commend you and hopefully you're sharing these kind of tips with some of your um, comrades out there who are serving with you because these are, it's, it's great what you're doing. So keep up the great work and thanks for all you're doing um, for our our country and for uh, Michigan as well. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It's been a delight. And yeah, my, I've actually talked to a few guys about how to deal with this stuff. And like, it's been bouncing ideas back and forth and uh, conversations that the families don't hear. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's important. Continue to stay connected. And, you know, for anyone out there that's listening and maybe, maybe you didn't figure out where you belonged when you came back, you can always give us a call at 1-800-MISHFIT. That's 1-800-642-4838. We can get you connected to a buddy-to-buddy -buddy, uh, individual, or, you know, we can even get you connected to the Veterans Crisis Line, or you can call yourself at 1-800-273-8255-PRESS-1. So uh, we want to thank Eric Goldenbogen for his time and for his service and for his sacrifice. And we thank your family as well. And just know that if your family needs anything, they can always give us a call. So thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome. All right. When we return, we'll be right back on the Veterans Perspective. We'll be speaking with Joseph Adams. See you after the break. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. We are joined by our final guest today, which happens to be my husband, uh, Joseph Adams. And, you know, as you all have heard on this show, we share six children together. 
And, um, you know, while I was mobilized and even right now, while I'm, you know, working this job, he, he stays home and takes care of the kids. And so, um, would love to have a conversation with him as we are on father's day. We're talking about Juneteenth. He's an African-American dad as well. And so, uh, just really wanted to bring him on the show to talk about um, how it was with me being gone and uh, how it is with me being back. Hopefully he keeps it PG and, uh, mm. and uh, doesn't throw me under the bus here on the radio, but uh, welcome back to the show, Joseph. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're, we were just talking with a National Guard member who's, who's gone, uh, a male who's gone and deployed but I really wanted to get a perspective of someone who stayed home while uh, their service member was gone. And so I couldn't think of anyone talking about Father's Day better than, than you. So mm. I, I would love to, to, to hear your perspective, how it was um, acting as a single parent. So at the time, we had three children at home. Mm. How, how was that? What was that experience like? I mean, I, I know we've talked about it somewhat, but I don't know if we've had deep conversations about it. And so what was that yeah. like? I mean, it was it was eye opening, uh, as we talked about in the past. It allowed me to see, it allowed me to see your uh, perspective on watching kids and stuff like that, and you know what you go through. Um, one of the things that uh, that it did though was it, it kind of for me personally, it, it kind of made me a better father. Uh, because I can sit there and really tell my kids, hey, I, I, I was there, you know, I, I raised you, I, I potty trained you, et cetera. And, you know, they kind of look at me a little sometimes like, oh, whatever, you know, but it's, it, it made me feel better as a dad. Um, the hardships, there's a lot of them. The hardest one is, is childcare. I mean, um, I would try to go out and get a job. Actually, I was doing contracting uh, jobs while you were, while you were gone just to supplement the income. And uh, the hardest part was finding childcare. Because one, I'm not very social like that. Um, and a lot of women are. A lot of women have no problem going out and meeting other women, you know, networking, et cetera. I wasn't, I wasn't really big on that. And that was probably the biggest hardship I had was finding childcare. Um, other than that, though, I mean, it worked out. Do I think most men can do it? No. It's going to be like, heck, no, uh-uh. I mean, and towards the end, I was, I was getting that way, honestly. I was, I was getting there. Because um, it, it, we're, we're just not, most men just aren't built mentally uh, for, for that, you know, that much dealing dealing with rearing kids basically it's just, it's just there's a reason why you know when you see divorces and stuff like that you hear about them and it's like the women always gets the kids and etc it's just it, it's not something that at least i wasn't you know really built for for the long term and that was only a year watching those kids and it was it was a lot well and yeah you had you know just for context you know before i left you had a four-year-old and mm -hmm. two one-year-olds and so, yeah. and when I came back, you had a five-year-old and two two-year-olds. Yeah. Well, no, they were two. No, they were almost two going. They were, they were almost two when I left and they were three when I got back. Yeah. And Elena was five going on six. And so, um, 
you know, you, you did, you had to potty train a set of twins. I mean, this is the first time we had twins. So this is a new experience for you. And you had to potty train twins. And I, 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 I will never forget some of your stories of one of them just walking around pooping on the floor. I'm glad I didn't have to experience that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you did. Um, yeah. And so, um, you know, trying to, trying to do something new with, with two kids at once. And then, you know, the first time, you know, you know, I missed the first day of kindergarten, but you were there and trying to make sure you were getting the kids on the bus. And I, I, I won't forget either that uh, my, my five-year-old, she would call me and be like, Hey, how was school today? She was like, Oh, it was great. And she'd whisper, I didn't go to school today. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I, I'm sure it was a challenge. I mean, you're, you're, you're dealing with being a single parent, being thrown into this kind of at the last minute. And then, and then you have three, three kids five and under to boot. Mm. And so um, I, I definitely, you know, here on live on T on radio, thank you um, for, for sticking around and not running off and, 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 and leaving us in a lurch and, 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 and stepping up and being the dad that, that you really are. And so, um, you know, coming back, I think, you know, we were talking about when people come back and one of the things the last guest mentioned was that he kind of sat back and watched how his wife was doing things. And then he tried to figure out where he belonged. Mm -hmm. I know that's not, that's not my character. And so that's not something I did. How difficult was that for you, me coming back and trying to like take over my spot again and, you know, be mom and, you know, seeing the kids really not responding. How, How difficult was that for you? Or was it difficult at all? I mean, it wasn't difficult, I would say. I was just, you know, man, when you came back, I mean, you, I think you worked for a little bit, then you lost your job because you're, you had back surgery. You couldn't like sit right or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, you had a lot of appointments, I remember. And so one of the things about kids is this, um, they sense, they sense like weakness, basically, you know? And they exploit it. And so I think when they saw you kind of like, you know, at the time you're like half the woman you were when you left. And and so they kind of like, ah, you know, we'll just get over on her. And so, and then also remember when you came back, probably what, not even what, a month or two later, we adopted uh, Ashley. Mm-hmm. Remember? So, I mean, she was what, 13? 12, yeah, 12, 13. 12, yeah. 13 years old, you know? And so... I remember how hard it was watching you struggle, you know, cause you would sit there and, and I never forget. Cause I would, I would come home from work and it'd be like, dad's home, dad's home. They run to the thing and you'd be like, Oh, you get all the glory, you know, and I get to do all the crap. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> that you know? such as life? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just remember that though. I was like, ah, I'd be all right. You know, and part of me was like, well, Hey, you know, I dealt with it too, you know, but yeah, you know, I, you, you dealt with it for a little bit, and and then you recovered, though. You know, remember we came out to Muskegon. Mm-hmm. You got you got your stuff together. You're just like so determined, and uh, you went to back to college. You know, you got your associates, etc. I just remember those those accomplishments you were doing because you were just like, I'm not going to be at home standing around with these kids. You know, I want to do stuff in my life. You know, and that and that sets you apart from 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 basically some, a lot of women. You know, a lot of women enjoy that role of being a mom, you know, like staying at home and stuff like that. And so, but you, you were always, you always had a purpose, like a, a, a drive, you know, 
And so, and you fast forward now and look at your kids now, you know, they, they love you and respect you. You know, they talk about you in school. Oh, my mom's online. My mom does this. My mom does that, you know? So yeah, it's like, um, to me, it's like, I look at it and sometimes I think, you know, wow, you know, you don't, you don't see what's on the other side until you really get there. Cause it seems like, you know, oh, what am I doing here? You know, why is she doing this, et cetera. But then you see the accomplishments and stuff like that. And now you're aspiring your kids, you know? And so they, they have a, something to look at and aspire for higher, right? You know, my mom did this with the governor's office. My mom did this, you know, as an attorney and stuff like that. And, and it's going to click with them. It takes time, but it, they'll, it'll click. They'll look back and be like, if she can do it, I can do it type of deal. So, Well, yeah. you know, honey, I will say that, you know, I, I, I love you and I thank you so much for joining mm-hmm. us today. I thank you for sharing a little bit about your journey as a parent. Mm-hmm. I want to wish you happy Father's Day for everyone to hear. So, <laughs> and, thank you. Um, yeah, thank you. And so, you know, as I tell all of our guests, and, and I'll tell you again, that if you need any resources, um, please give us a call at 1-800-MISHFET. That's 1-800-642-4838. Mm-hmm. And if you just need to talk to somebody, you can always call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. That's the Veterans Crisis Line. And, you know, We are so thankful for you being on the show today. We want to say happy Juneteenth and we want to say happy Father's Day. So we'll see you next week on The Veterans Perspective.